Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll be seeking to answer the age-old question, do pastors who mandated medical experiments owe reparations? Now, I don't know if you saw in the news last week, but the European Parliament called uh, executives from Pfizer uh, to come and give testimony about um, their the jab that they had been uh, selling, that they had been producing, that they had claimed that they tested. And uh, so really we're doing this episode because there was a, there was a massive emphasis, Tim, on, um, on not only doctors, but politicians, actors, um, pa- pastors, even anyone with any sort of influence over the culture they were all encouraging people to take the jab uh, and as a response to COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, over right? and over again, I mean, you know, we had famous evangelical pastors who were basically telling us, love the neighbor, get the jab, quote-unquote jab, um, although they didn't call it that. But right. uh, they, were, they were putting it forward as if it were a, a matter of loving neighbor, neighbor. It was a commandment of God even. Almost as if people were in sin, you know, science deniers, ignorant conspiracy theories. They pulled out every single conceivable um, uh, argument that they could use basically to shame us into getting this uh, experimental drug uh, to be test subjects for for this drug that we're talking about. Right. And, you know, um, companies like Pfizer, they were even, you know, they were claiming that their the what they had produced was 100 percent effective right effective and safe i mean it's amazing how effective it was safe right yeah it's amazing how they changed that over the course (laughs) but at first it was like this would be effective it would be you know effective in stopping the spread of covid and then you know over time you know it it went from it's going to be effective to stopping it to like you need to get 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 the jab or else you're gonna you know essentially um 
be a victim of the virus, but then over time it's like, well, get it. It's going to reduce the symptoms. Right. Or right. Yeah. Or no, get it. Or at first get it. It'll keep you from getting it and then get it. Or it's going to lower your chances of getting it. And then finally get it. It's going to make it easier. once you do get it, it's hard to keep up because they changed it so much. It's hard to even remember all of the different stops they made. It was very unconventional uh, form of this kind of drug. Right, right. Um, now, like I said, the European Parliament, they called executives from Pfizer to come and, and give testimony about what they had produced. And so I just want to I want to show you some of this um, real quick. Uh, so the first thing I want to show you is just so we're, just so we're all clear, uh, you know, Pfizer did say that this was going to be effective at stopping um at uh, stopping COVID-19 and it would be safe, right? So so what I'm showing you right now is a statement from Pfizer themselves. It says Pfizer and BioNTech confirm high efficacy and no serious safety concerns through up to six months following second dose and updated top line analysis of landmark COVID-19 vaccine study. Uh, and then here, I think I have a another um, a, a tweet from Albert uh, Boria, it says it, it's basically saying the same thing. Excited to share that updated analysis from our phase three study with BioNTech also showed that our COVID-19 vaccine was 100% effective in preventing cases in South America. And I mean, in South Africa, 100%. That's what he, he says, 100%. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's, it's 100% effective um and they you know they're saying it's safe and whatnot well um they so like i said they call pfizer executives to come and give testimony about their testing procedures and whatnot um and so the ceo uh albert uh, borla which i think is yeah that's that's who i just read that tweet from the ceo of pfizer He's called to come and give testimony, but he doesn't come. And instead, he sends uh, he sends Janine Small, uh, president of International Markets for Pfizer, in his stead. And the article here it it just summarizes uh, what what the video shows, and we'll probably link to the video. Uh, but the article says this: Rob Ruse, a member of Parliament from the Netherlands, asked Small. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with the committee? Small answered, regarding the question around did we know about stopping immunization before it entered the market? No. She continued, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place, what's taking place in the market. Speed and from, of science. Yeah, yeah, you can't make that up, man. Uh, and from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. Uh, so, so basically, <laughs> long story short, there. I'm still hung up on the speed of science comment. Hey, man, it's, it's the speed of science. You can't argue with the speed of science. You gotta give her. You gotta give her points there because you can't argue with the speed of science. I mean, that's just that's just a. I know you don't get it, Tim, because that's a technical term. But 
<laughs> What's funny is it's like like the 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 science speaking, you know, is constantly expanding. Like it it used to be that science was the process that you would engage upon, you know, to test certain hypotheses. And and now now all of a sudden you have uh, science giving us not only conclusions but also more moral imperatives that come to us apparently at the speed of uh, at a remarkable speed at this point. So yeah. You know, you know, um, so. So, you know, I think the interesting thing in all this, just before we we move on into sort of actually talking, you know, discussing about this a little more in depth is what's really stood out to me is it it really does pay off to be a conspiracy theorist in 2022. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, what what's the joke? Like the best part of of being a conspiracy theorist is you don't get myocarditis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Don't get, don't get myocarditis. You're, you're still alive too. Yeah. So it's good to be alive and not to just suddenly drop dead in the middle of a soccer match. So right. Or something. Um, so like I said, at the beginning, you had a lot of people pushing this, pushing this, the jab. Right. And then, and then um, as, as time progresses, the claims made about it are slowly sort of walk walked back and you're and you're kind of expected to not notice right or or at least you're expected to not say anything about it um so so there were a lot of people who were basically saying hey this is that's weird you know it it y'all said 100% effective and now all of a sudden i've got to i've got to get a booster you know, right. every, every six months or what it might not be six months, but you know, yeah, I've got to regularly get a booster. I don't even think that's how this works normally, you know? So yeah. what was, so what's going on here? Um, but I, th what we really want to focus in on today is not even the politicians, you know, it's not the actors, it's nothing like that. It's pastors were pushing this as right. like like you said basically like a new commandment from god a new you know commandment it, i give you get right jabbed get get for jabbed neighbor, for thy take, neighbor take the poison you know um yep. and become and, a medical test experiment yeah become a become a lab rat if you want to love other people they were pushing this as a legitimate command and if you don't follow it <laughs> then you know I I almost I almost said they might they might church discipline you, but then I was like, well, I doubt they do that at all. But maybe for this they would. Maybe they take this amazing. seriously. Yeah, I mean, like would. in one way or the other, you had a bunch of pastors who were essentially making this case that love for neighbor demanded that you become a medical test subject, and that you know, like the worst people imaginable, the worst people imaginable were the you know conspiratorial minded people who you know, thought that this, that they smelled a rat essentially. So, so not only, you know, does love for neighbor and, you know, protecting your love does, does no harm for your neighbor, right? So you must get this, you must become a medical test experiment for them. But then also, right, like, um, like beyond that, like beyond just doing it, um, you know, you, if you don't trust the science, you know, the settled science, which quote I mean, unquote, Quote unquote. Yeah, because, you know, you have you have tests that, in, that are done that you have to interpret in certain ways. And it's not like some sort of uh, it's not as if there is some voice out there called science who has decided what all the information means and what we're morally to do with it. But you must trust, you know, basically the left's um, 
agenda. And if you don't, you're some conspiracy conspiracy theorist, you know, with right. a t- tinfoil hat, you know, crazy, ignorant Trump voter or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of person, like the worst degenerate ima- uh, it, it possible. And, and I mean, during that time, you had all the articles on, you know, misinformation and anyone who uses that word, I just almost have zero respect for you. If you're going to use that word, I hate that yeah. word, but you know, you're, like it, you know, conspiracy theories are so bad, and misinformation is so bad, and you know, it's, the problem is, it's just like, hey, you know, uh, sometimes there are actually conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but then right. even that, you know, you have like guys like Piper, even who are writing an article um, saying that you know, don't feel pressured into not getting the jab if you want to get it. You know, as if that was even a problem. You know. <laughs> Right. So in every way possible, like they're trying to cover their bases to you better do this and you don't, you know, any pressure you get to not do this is totally morally wrong and you don't have to bow down to it, even though the pressure is all going the other way. And in so much so that, you know, like if, if you don't do this, you know, you have people losing their jobs, there's no sympathy shown to any of those people who are losing their jobs. Um, you know, who are getting fired out of the military or whatever it is. There's no sympathy that these pastors let them high and dry and right. fend yeah. for themselves. And you didn't have all the ERLC people, you know, advocating for them on their behalf. Like there's just, like it was just a massive concerted effort on the parts of many big name pastors essentially to, you know, in every way they possibly can tell you that if you don't do this, you are morally wrong, a fool, you know, giving into peer pressure and the, and the pagans are right to force you to do it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I guess the, I feel like I say, I feel, I, it seems like the, the, one of the most concerning parts about all this is the fact that, um, you, you really aren't even allowed to question it along the way. Right. right. You just need to, you just need to trust the experts. You just need to trust the experts and you're supposed to, I mean, literally just deny everything that you see. Yep. Right. So when they keep, when they keep walking back, um, you know, what the jab was actually going to help accomplish, you're supposed to ignore all that. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing if, if there's just disagreements, on how effective it is. Cause I can, I can almost see that as being understandable. Like, Hey, you know, get it. If you get it, if you're really okay with, with risking yourself that way, with risking whatever side effects it has, but at least we can all admit this is not the normal way. This is not the normal process for something like this, but you weren't even allowed to do that. Right. And, and, that's the concerning part is you just can't even question it. You cannot even say, I saw, I saw no one who was, who was pushing for the jab, who came out, who was coming along and saying, Hey, I know this is different than normal. I know this is not how these things normally get approved. And, you know, so like, so like, let me free your conscience to do whatever it is that, you right. think that you need to do for you and your family, you know, I, d- I really didn't even see that. It was just get it. Don't question it. Get it. And so I guess that that leads me a bit into my uh, 
I guess the first question is, which is just why is it that so many pastors jumped on this train so quickly with no hesitancy given to like the extremely unorthodox way in which companies were going about producing, um, you know, these basically experiments. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, answers that can be given. I'm sure that, you know, behind the scenes, there's some sort of financial incentives that are involved in this kind of thing that, um, maybe we'll never be aware of, but, um, I'm sure that that could be part of it. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. that that could be like some pressure on the outside donors and big powerful people and all all that sort of thing. So I I don't I can't verify that, but that could be true. You know I I don't know. So that's part of it. Um, you know, often um, you know psychologically speaking, you know, guilty people are easily manipulated, and so you know in the judgment, the Bible says that individuals would be put to fly to the sound of a leaf, like the Israelites would be put to fly to the sound of a leaf. They'll flee when no one's pursuing them. So the more that people are weighed down by guilt and shame and iniquity, they're easily manipulated because they have like a guilty conscience and they're afraid it's going to come out. And, you know, they're you know, with people who hold the levers of power, so to speak, they have dirt on you. They can push you any which way they want. Right. So I think some of, some of it could be that. So there could be like the financial things happening behind the scenes. There could be the, um, you know, guilty people are easily cowed. Uh, I think, you know, the Bible also talks about like guilt in that, um, you know, people are held captive by the fear of death. So unbelievers are held captive by the fear of death in general. And, you know, when I was looking at, I think part of the thing for me, when I'm looking at the subject of this becoming an experimental test subject for, a problem that had like a 0.01% death rate, like even before I knew the statistics and that those even are, I mean, there's like 0.001. It's not even that. I mean, that's with all the exaggerated statistics possible. Who knows what it really is, but I'm just looking around my eyes and I'm saying, I can't see anyone dying of a sink. Mm-hmm. Like it's just whatever this is, it's not that kind of thing. But then if you don't have any courage, you know, I think a lot of our pastors are effeminate and weak and lacking in courage and lacking in fortitude. And they just don't know how to navigate those kind of situations. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't have courage, then you look at something and you you don't have any category for doing something that's hard. You take the easy route every time. Right. Yeah. And then if you're held captive by the fear of death. You know, it could be that they're paranoid and they're fe- like they're afraid and they're latching on to this. I think many people latched on to this jab because they were so afraid um, right? and so destabilized. And when God is going to judge a society, he senses terror and dread upon a society. I mean, that's what the Old Testament says. He senses terror and his dread upon them. And they're totally destabilized. And so I think just latching on to anything to be their refuge and strength instead of having a confident trust that God is there and that he's in control and that he knows what he's doing. And so I, I think a lot of it is just weak leadership, lack of courage, uh, easily manipulated, probably bought some of them, you know, but mm-hmm. then I, th- I also think it's just people who like love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. And so a lot of this has to do with just, um, you know, like, uh, being so characterized by the fear of man 
and so desperate for the approval of the world. And part of it's related to just the idea that they think if they can get the world to love them and be like, think that they're the nice guys, that maybe they're going to be the last one sewn into the lion's den, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's just like they're so crave the approval of people. You know, they want to get on those spots on CNN and they don't want to be, you know, the ignorant, stupid Trump voter who, you know, is just um, like the constant you know, joke of the people on the left that they want to, they, they think somehow that they're going to salvage their witness or their relationship by the world with basically showing themselves to be reasonable people. And, and so, I mean, there, there's a lot of things like that, but those are some of the things that I think uh, come to forefront in my mind. Yeah. And, and they do this under the guise of they, or they justify it, you know, with, by saying things like, Hey, you know, we're trying to protect our witness, right? Or right. We're, we're trying to do, we're trying to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? right? Our neighbor, our neighbor would, our neighbors want us to, <laughs> our neighbors, they want us to get the jab. So we need to get the jab, right? right? That's kind of how they, they, um, that's how they justify it. But then, yeah, I think you're right, especially, especially in the, you know, uh, I think there are a lot of pastors out there who probably are uh, fear fearful of man, right? Because right. because I mean partly because I think I don't want to say that that's understandable because I don't think that's understandable. But I I understand it's not easy, right, to be hated, right? You get what I mean? Like it, right. I don't I don't want to minimize how hard that that is. But then when you have Christ. Right. Well, so, you know, part of it is, part of that is that, like, you know, it's a small matter what the world thinks of me. Right. Um, and, and it just, you know, I think, so I'm talking about levers from the outside, financial levers from the outside. But then when you're in, I think when you're in more liberal areas and you have people, um, like, there is this concern that, like, people getting mad at you might be the people in your church too, mm -hmm. you know, and it may be that there's a lot of like that, that was the motivation for a lot of them is they they bought into this plan. Like their entire ministry is built on this plan to try to keep the people happy. Right. Instead yeah. of to be faithful. And so when your entire, you know, enterprise and all of your people's livelihood are centered around telling people what they want to hear and you realize that you're in a volatile time to where, um, you know, you're going to have to take a stand on a divisive kind of issue, right? Mm -hmm. And you you could lose half your people, you know, <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> you know, I, I think for, for the kind of pastor who's like a bivocational pastor or something like that, their livelihood doesn't depend on, like, I mean, I, I am, my livelihood doesn't depend on, now, I mean, at the time it did, but I mean, right now it doesn't depend on that. So for me, it's just like, well, whatever, right? Like, uh -huh. If you want to go, go, you know, <laughs> like, but I mean, I, I was like that before, but I mean, like for the person who's like, not only their jobs, but everyone else's job is dependent on keeping a group of people happy, half of whom are absolutely terrified that, that, you know, everyone's going to die. Yeah. Because they've been worked into a frenzy. Then, you know, I think you have the kind of pastors who have bought into this mentality that like the most loving thing to do is to basically give the most unstable people in your congregation like the most the right, control, <laughs> the most control and the rights to manipulate everyone else because you're trying to keep the, keep the ship going, you know? 
Right. And, but I mean, it's just not the way it works. Like you, what you want to do is you want to do what's true. You're not just pulling the audience and trying to figure out how to keep everyone happy. And so that was just a, this is just a test case scenario to say, Hey, like, um, you know, here you are. And I think they bought into this line at the very beginning that somehow like, like keeping everyone safe is the most pressing concern. The, mm-hmm. the most pressing concern because they didn't want to be the ones who were meeting at church when it was risky. And if someone, something went bad, when it went, happened, they would be blamed for it. And so in the name of doing that, then they ended up swallowing like a greater evil and unleashing a greater evil upon everyone else. Right now we, so we've talked about some of the possible motivations and I, I do want to at least give a little bit of a caveat to say, you know, not all of these applications apply, you know, to every single person, right? So it could be a for each individual that was really pushing this. It could be any mixture or any combination of these reasons, or maybe even some other ones that we just didn't list out here, right? Um, so this it's not necessarily meant to be like a um, every single one of these guys was doing every single one of these things, and we know that for a fact. Right. But right. I, but I think there is some wisdom to say, you know, like, okay, but we, I mean, we've had, we have plenty of evidence we've seen how a lot of these pastors, you know, uh, speak on these issues and other issues. And so these are just sort of the general sort of reasons why they were pushing this so hard. Um, but then I guess the question then becomes, okay, so they were pushing it this hard. They're pushing it this hard. They were basically making it. I mean, they were basically making a new command. You just, I I don't see how you can get around that. They were making a new command. They were taking a specific command, love your neighbor as yourself. And they were hijacking it to mean like applying in a very specific way. Right. The only, you know, way to do that is they've decided to trust the medical experts at the time. And you can't question them on this. You can't say, Hey, look, I don't know that that's how this command is supposed to be applied right now. You know, um, so they've done all that and there's obvious, there's been, you know, over the course of time they let me, let me say this too. So over the course of time, they've walked it back. They've walked back the vaccine stuff. None of these, none of these pastors have, have even said, okay, Hey, all right. At first I was on board, but it's clear that they're not, you know, treated. It's clear that this isn't, they're not delivering on their promise. Right. right. So th- I haven't even seen that, which is, which is really, really bad. So with all that in mind, with all of these negative outcomes that are coming from the jab, I mean, do, do pastors that were pushing this all along the way, even now, are they, are they, you know, should they be held responsible? Do they owe reparations to the people in their congregation that took it and are now experiencing negative side effects or, you know, even dying from it. Yeah. I mean, I think that they do. I think that, um, I think that's the difficult thing about it, uh, that, you know, on the one hand, when it was happening and when they're advocating these kinds of things, you know, they're basically doing so in a very tyrannical way. They, they tried every, you know, every means they possibly can to not only tell you that loving for neighbor, love your neighbor demands this, but to, you know, basically mock and ridicule anyone who disagrees. And I mean, it, it was relentless. It was a relentless mm-hmm. campaign 
that many of these guys engaged upon together selectively to basically shame the church into taking these things. And I mean, you had plenty of people with eyes at that point in time who were just saying, hey, it doesn't add up. And like, this is a new technology, it's experimental, right? mRNA technology, new technology. We have no test case. We're trying to, you know, uh, ram a, you know, a, a forced uh, jab uh, procedure in an unprecedented way on the entire world for yeah. something that has not been tested. And so you have plenty of people who's to something that is so minimal with constantly changing goalposts. So you have those, like all that, all that's happening. And then at the same time, you have just a smear campaign on the one side to, to take anyone who has reasonable ob- objections and just turn them into like, conspiracy theory minded crazy lunatics right who are discredited who are in sin and and so you have all that to something and then you know what's amazing is right now they're posturing themselves in such a way as that they were just doing the best they could right they're going at the speed of science man can't you can't doubt the speed of science but the problem though the problem though is to say like yeah okay if you were just doing the best you could, you could have given everyone freedom to go to church. You could have given everyone freedom to like keep on meeting if they want to. If you're doing the best you could, you could have you could have taken a posture of neutrality at the time. Yeah. There's nothing that demanded that you jump wholesale on board with this massive worldwide agenda to you know, line the pockets of plenty of people's, you know, and possibly cull the population. There's no reason you had to do that, particularly when, you know, probably half your popula- half your congregation was deeply troubled by it. So you didn't have to take that stand. Like there's nothing, like if you're doing the best you could, you could just say, hey, I don't know what to think about it. So right. let's be praying. Right. And no one would have blamed anyone to say, I don't know what to think about this. I guess a little this stuff is beyond me. This is not right, my area because, of because because how could you? Right. Well, well, that's the thing, though. I mean, that's what's so crazy about it. So, on the one hand, if you are an individual who's saying, "I don't know what," like this doesn't look good, they're going to look at you and say, "You are some science denier idiot," right? Mm-hmm. Who's just deceived and you know, get your tinfoil hat out. They say as they confidently, de- like you know, you don't have a. You know, uh, you don't have any education. You don't have any, you know, you're not a medical doctor. You don't know any of this, right? Like they'll say as they confidently declare the truth in the matter, right? <laughs> right. Right. So, but they, if, if they were just doing the best they could, if, if that's all they were doing, they were just doing the best they could, they could have shut up and just say, hey, you know, you guys need to make your own decision about this and we'll, we'll, we'll support you either way because there's not a lot of information and, we also are not qualified, apparently, if that's what you have to do in order to have eyes that work and a brain that works. If you can't engage in it, like, then that's fine. But then if you're going to take the stance that you are the only one who can interpret this information, you, right? You and you alone mm-hmm. and all the people who are being suppressed are just on the wrong side and that we just need to you know, trust the zeitgeist at that point then you're putting yourself in a situation where you are like responsible for some of the things that happen. And, you know, and I don't know what you do. Like if you have members of your church who are dead because they took the vaccine, I, um, I don't know what you do in that kind of scenario. Like when you have, you know, 
myocarditis. And I mean, I know more uh, jab related injuries than I know injuries that are not jab related. Yeah. So like, like that's the thing. So like, I know plenty of people who have reverse reactions to that. Then you have all these people, all these pastors who are basically like saying in a high handed way, you better go along with it or you're in sin. Then they bear some of the responsibility for it. You know, you want to talk about reparations. That's, that's real, you know? So that's something to be thinking about, but yeah. So is there like a specific, like, what does that look like? Does it look like, Hey, these people just need to be, you know, removed from their positions or is it, you know, like, um, some sort of, um, you know, I, I say legal action, but there wouldn't ever be a legal action for that <laughs> because that would mean there, that would mean that would have so many implications on so many other groups of people. But yeah, no, I think these pharmaceutical companies, I mean, like I mean, <laughs> the thing, the thing is like in any normal situation, like these pharmaceutical companies would be held liable for all the cons all the consequences that happened from this, but immediately what was demanded upon people. And this is why like it freaked everyone out is that these, like you're mandating everyone get a jab and then you are declaring that these companies who are making it have no legal moral responsibility for the outcome right. in an unprecedented way. While at the same time, like, you know, waiving any like, um, normal procedures for testing these drugs that you're going to administer on the entire population. So you're waiving all liability, you know, magically waiving liability, removing all testing requirements, and then telling everyone to do it. And it's just like, this is not a good situation. I don't have to be a medical doctor to know that this is a stupid situation, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I just have a brain. (laughs) Like, this is not the way that we've ever done this, right? So these... You know, if you unleash a plague upon a population, then you're held accountable for it. And and so you need to do your due diligence. You need to do your testing. And so, I mean, I think, you know, at a certain point, like morally, at the very least, you have pastors who bear some moral responsibility for all the things that happened because they were a tool that were used that they didn't have to. They could have just stayed neutral if they wanted to. The third to. way. Yeah. I mean, they could have, <laughs> like, if you didn't know, then, it, you know, if you just doing the best you can. You could have stayed neutral, uh, but you don't get to just, what you don't get to do is you don't get to tell people that they're morally mandated to do something that every normal person can look at and say, this is weird. And this is, you know, you don't get to tell them that they must do it upon threat of sin and then, you know, absolve yourself of all the consequences from it in a simplistic kind of way. Now, you know, yes, I mean, obviously, I think some of the major pharmaceutical company people, they need to be sued and possibly killed. Mm-hmm. Like the people who it, it, you know, orchestrated this plague, I think they need to be, you know, I, I do think capital punishment is in order. You know, I'm not talking right. about vigilante kind of stuff. I'm talking about capital punishment. Like, you know, you would do this if like with any, like this is like, um, you would do this in any normal situation if people had brains, you know, uh, but, you know, we should follow those rules. There should be lawsuits that, that they shouldn't, you know, they should be open to lawsuits. You know, in the same kind of way, I mean, I do think that, um, I mean, I don't think uh, Christians should sue their pastors or anything like that. But if you're talking about what would be just, like, I do think they should at the very least step down and say, I've clowned myself and I've, uh, you know, uh, bound the conscience of my members to some 
pretty crazy things and it's and I bear some responsibility to it and because I was so easily mani- ma- manipulated and deceived or even you know involved in it I I I uh, should be at the very least disqualified so the claim was it was unloving to take the jab was it actually unloving you mean it was unloving not to take it it was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was unloving to not take it, to refuse it. Was it actually unloving? I mean, if it's poison, it's not loving to take poison. In right. In order to pretend like you're helping your neighbor who is also taking poison. Mm-hmm. Like, it all hinges on the truth value of what we're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so, I mean, it, it it obviously wasn't tested. They're admitting that they weren't tested. It wasn't tested. It obviously wasn't effective. It didn't do what they said it was going to do. It obviously caused a lot of complications. You know, I know plenty of people who have had significant complications over this. You know, not everyone, but I know sig- people who have had significant complications over it. And, you know, you see athletes, dr- healthy athletes dropping dead, you know. I, there's a case of, uh, um, there's a story in the Gateway Pundit, and um, I'm not um, wanting to make light of someone dying, but, uh, you know, author uh, Doug uh, Brignol, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, he passed away at 63, but he basically says, I have enough confidence in the vaccine based on my research to get it done. Those of you who think the, va- the jab kills people, <laughs> we've violated that so many times, I don't know yeah. that we can... It's, it's, it's over at this point. <laughs> uh, can use me as He says, you can use me as a test. If I die, you're right. If I don't die uh, and have no ill effects, you were wrong, but you should admit it at least to yourself. Better yet, you should admit that you were misled and told the world who misled you uh, so other people could benefit from avoiding those fear-mongering. So he, he did that. You know, He died very recently at 62 out of nowhere, um, uh, 63 out of nowhere, healthy guy. He said, you can use me as a test case scenario. He was really healthy he was really, for his yeah, age. Body age. Yeah, bodybuilder. Yeah, now, I mean, you, you, I don't know what to make of that kind of thing. I don't know. They haven't determined what the cause of death actually is, but there's a lot of people who are suddenly dying for no reason. You know, but he's putting himself forward as a test case. And I mean, I you know, you can say that all day long, and that doesn't mean that it's a necessarily a fair, but it's ironic at the very least. Um, right. That... Um, you know, and that's happened to plenty of people. But I mean, yeah, I just I don't know how you. Um, you know, I I think those kind of pastors have disqualified themselves. Like they've done mm-hmm. a, like a great eve. I mean, it, it's just it's unthinkable, man. Like it's it's unthinkable, like to know that so many people have died of this thing, and you were part of it, and you know. But then you can't even get them on Twitter to say. We were wrong. Will you forgive us? Right. No one has said that. No, no one. Has, one. Yeah, you can't. No get, one will you, say that. Probably. I mean, it's not even like that's a lot less than what should happen. You know, I think I think most people would be content if you were say, "I was wrong. I was deceived." Yeah. Will you forgive I was. Me? I was foolish. You I know. was fooled. But what's happened is the goalposts keep on changing, right? So the goalposts are constantly changed. Love your neighbor. This is 100% effective. Love your neighbor. It'll reduce your chance of getting it. Love your neighbor. It will uh, mitigate the damage when you do get it and make it less severe, possibly fatal. Um, But come on. like So you keep on changing the goalposts all along the way and then pretend like everyone who had legitimate... I mean, like every one of these conspiracy theories almost have come true. Yeah. I'm. I mean, 
They, the conspiracy Maybe there theorists was a conspiracy, might be, you know, <laughs> they might be undefeated right now. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if you look at it where we're at right now, it's like every, you know, almost every one of those stupid conspiracies that we were told were just conspiracies. They're right. Right. And so, I mean, sometimes like the thing is, it's like, look, cons- there are conspiracies that happen. And it would be good if you can see the signs when you're in the middle of a conspiracy, right? Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, you can't like if you if you basically like pr- like turn all conspiracy theorists into just irredeemable crazies, then like you have no no people left over who can ever see through a plot to do something bad anymore, right? Right. Now, yeah. that's not to say you know every single conspiracy theory out there is right. But then you do have to, I mean, but you can't, you, yeah. you can't ignore everything that you're seeing. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the, the point, though, is to say that if you want to be the kind of person who carries out a conspiracy, then you turn the idea of, you know, conspiracy theorist as an irredeemable kind of person in your society. Right. Then you get away with anything you want to do because you can just point at them and say, oh, look, they're another conspiracy theorist. It's like, well, sometimes people have conspiracies, man. What do you do? You know, like sometimes there are evil people with evil agendas who are trying to do evil things. And, you know, like (laughs) the World Economic Forum is continually telling us their plans. And then if we believe them, we're told we're conspiracy theorists. It's like, no, we know what your plan is. We know you want everyone to own nothing and all of us be happy. We know you want to take away all our stuff. We know you're buying up all the properties. We know that, you know, the price of mortgage is going through the roof. We know that you're trying to turn us into, you know, energy, like um, get rid of fossil fuels and everything else. Like we know that you're, you've told us over and over again that we need to dramatically reduce the population of the planet. And so can we believe you when you say these things? That that's what you're trying to do. And you have books written on it and you have speeches. And so I think at a certain point, it's like that's like we, we need to relearn that yeah, there are evil people with evil agendas and we need to sometimes believe it when they tell us what they're doing. Right. Now, moving forward with stuff like this, what should the response be from faithful Christians? I mean, should you trust these people? Should you, uh, you know, demand, demand that they repent? You're talking about the pastors. You're talking about the people the, in charge. Um, the should they demand like pastors repent? Oh, I think so. Um, I mean, of all people, like pastors are the ones who are basically saying that the easiest thing you can do in the world is to repent, right? We we have a gospel message that's built on repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- like that's the message. The whole message is that God has come to forgive us, not on the basis of anything that we do, but on the basis of him showing like undeserved mercy, favor, and compassion, kindness, towards us and if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's our religion is built on forgiveness and if you're telling people week in and week out that you know they can have the forgiveness of christ if they confess their sins then you should be willing to show us what it looks like when you're wrong mm-hmm. i mean at bare minimum you need to say i was wrong will you forgive me not apologize but i was wrong will you forgive me i was deceived and mm-hmm. and you know, I um, shouldn't have spoken to issues that I was ignorant about. And I mean, I shouldn't have, you know, shamed people who had concerns, right? And mm-hmm. turned them into, you know, basically sinners for having concerns that I should have saw, you know, but that'll never happen. So for faithful Christians, I mean, should we, you know, 
Should you trust these people? Should if you're going no to way, their man, if you're going to their churches, should you stop going to their churches? No like how can you possibly trust the kind of person who literally you're looking at them saying this is poison, I don't want to drink it. And they're saying love your neighbor demands you drink it as you watch people die and then you refuse to drink it and you lose your job. You know, many mm-hmm. of these people. How do you go to a person like that and then they won't even say there's like Sorry, will you please forgive me? Right. It's like, come on, wake up. People are dead. People are dead. And many of us lost our jobs. And like you were consenting to it, right? And you, and and publicly shamed. Yeah. In, in yeah, the public yeah, square. Yeah, you were you were on the side of the persecutors and you can't even admit you were on the wrong side. And that you were mocking us. And insulting us and reviling us and taking the side of these wicked people who are trying to kill us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you can't like you, you. can't even ask forgiveness for that? And if they can't even ask forgiveness, then, like, find somewhere else, man. Okay. So, find somewhere else. Don't go to those churches. Demand their repentance. Demand right? their repentance or, yeah. And that's a, lov- that's a loving thing to do. I mean, you know, when you see your brother in sin... You want to help, you want to, I mean, I, I say brother, you know, who knows if all the, who knows if some of these people are actually brothers, but putting, putting that aside for a second, you want to see people in general repent of their sin. Right. 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 And so, so the most loving thing that we could do is say, Hey, you guys bare minimum have to admit that this is wrong. You were deceived and you know, it's and it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that you may directly be involved in someone's death. Right. The same the same way that they were saying you would be involved with with someone's death death if you didn't get the jab, right? Right. They they are. They're involved in it because over and over the the goalposts have moved. It's it's been obvious that whatever's going on here is not normal and it's not working. The it's no one um uh, you know, Pfizer and um, the rest of these phar- pharmaceutical companies, they have not delivered on what, what they originally promised. And you aren't even willing to admit that. Right. Two you're years the worst, later. You're the worst kind of hypocrite because the whole time you're saying that no one who doesn't have a medical degree can comment on it while well, you didn't have a medical gr- degree and you were doing the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're the worst kind of hypocrite. You're basically saying, hey, you know, you're not allowed to speak to this because you're not a doctor. They say... So just do what the doctors say, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so, so let's say something like this happens in the future. Right. How should Christians respond? To, should should now that we are armed with the information that we know, you know, should we approach some sort of like new disease with a new, um, you know, response to it? Should we approach it as like neutral, like, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, maybe, maybe the stuff that they make will work. Maybe it won't. Or should they have more of a pro an approach that's like, no, I've seen how they handled this in the past. I'm not going to trust them. Well, I think, yeah, I think many African Americans had exactly that posture because they remember things like the uh, Tuskegee experiments and everything else. So Mm -hmm. I I think uh, this isn't new. I mean, obviously like, you know, you have leaders who've shown us 
dramatically that they have the capacity to do shady things at this point. But I mean, we should have always known that they <laughs> they had that kind of capacity. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I think one of the things that concerned me when it happened was it was the same group of people who had been for years screaming about Trump and. You know, that can, could this be the beginning of the end? Could this be the beginning of the end of his pregnancy that, or his pre, uh, presidency, they said, the whole time? And, like, he, you know, he has no shot and he won't win and all that. And, like, it's the same group of people that were just so wrong, so hysterical, repeatedly all of a sudden are now pushing this mindless thing. So I think that should give you some kind of pause and it should, you know, change your expectations about what's normal and how you're going to interact with people along these lines. I mean, I think there's a lot of... Like, doctors out there who are just following orders from on high. Yeah. You know, and most of them weren't like pulling out their microscopes and doing <laughs> research on this thing. They're just listening to, you know, studies that are being done by pharmaceutical companies. So I think what you have to do is you have to realize that there's a lot of money involved in a lot of these things. And there's a lot of agendas that are involved. And I mean, I've been doing that for years as it relates to the issue of psychotropic drugs, because I know that there's a lot of money involved and, I mean, you have to learn how to interact with the medical establishment and like less of a like a blind slave. Like I'm just a slave and I'm just going to do whatever you say because you have a different worldview than me. We have different priorities. We have a different book that we're following and we have different view. Like we have a different view of the world, different understanding of sin, different understanding of man. So I think you have to like learn to relearn how to like there's a skill that people haven't learned how to do. They basically just whatever the doctor tells them they do, you know, like if a doctor tells them that their anxiety is not their fault, then they're going to go and get on an addictive drug. If they tell them their depression is not their fault, they're going to get on an addictive drug. If they mm -hmm. tell them they have PTSD, they're going to get on their you know, drug. So we have drugs that are answers to everything across the board anyways. If they tell you it's not a baby, you know, you're going to take your drug to kill it. Uh, so, like what we really need to learn is that we are in a war, war here and we have a different worldview and you can't have blind trust and faith in the medical community like you might have been tempted to do. And you should have learned this lesson a long time ago. This isn't a new lesson. So now this is just another instance where it becomes imperative upon you uh, to be informed about what you're doing, you know. And demand more from your doctors, demand more answers from them. That doesn't mean, I mean, there's the kind of person that basically thinks that they're kind of like they've gone to med school and they're going to go online and research every problem they have and come up with some kind of, you know, natural solution to everything that is going to end up giving themselves cancer too or something like that. But like, I, I, I'm not trying to suggest like a hyper skepticism. I'm just, you need to be informed about what you're talking about and what right. you're being asked. And you can't just be a kind of person that, you know, is not able to see evil people <laughs> with agendas trying to brainwash you. I mean, every time, you know, you, you just need to learn that anytime the celebrities come out and tell you you need to do something, there's probably more to it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when all the celebrities come out in support of Ukraine, you might think, is this more complicated than that, right? <laughs> Like when all the celebrities come out in support of a jab, you say, is this more complicated than that? When all mm -hmm. the celebrities come out in support of a Biden, is it more complicated than this? And so you have to learn like that whenever the hardcore press is put out in the media, there might be more to it. And it may, it may be that you don't, you, you know, I don't think the, the opposite of whatever they're saying is necessarily true, 
but you need to know that like something's going on right so like you have to learn how to see the signs here you know right. and i think if you're a pastor you need to like wake up and realize that like you need to be very careful about what you're saying <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up this episode. And I do think, you know, for, for Christians, the response to all this needs to be number one, you know, pastors need to be, need to repent of pushing something that they really, they really, I mean, there's probably a lot of really bad motivation um, for pushing the jab in the first place that they need to repent of. Um, but then beyond that, I think, you know, it's good to encourage people, Hey, if they're not going to, if they're not even willing to do that, then they're not people who are going to lead you faithfully. And they're not people who are going to teach the Bible faithfully. Um, or, or at least, you know, teach, teach how to apply the Bible faithfully because they can't do it themselves. Um, and, and that needs to be taken pretty seriously, but then also looking forward to, because I, I promise you there will be another sort of pandemic, whatever it looks like. It might be the uh, global warming stuff. It's kind of looking like that's going to be it since monkeypox, you know, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work the way that they really, the way that, the way that it might've been intended to work. Um, it's probably global warming and you just, you, you need to remember the people who were pushing stuff like the jab and refuse to admit that they were wrong and watch what they say about what the next thing is. And then ask yourself, am I willing to, am I willing to ignore everything that I saw them be wrong on before and, and right. blindly trust them with this one? And, and I think that's a legitimate question that you need to ask. Uh, moving forward and that that can possibly protect you from a lot of you know uh, harm down the road with whatever the next thing is so uh, like always we want to thank all of you for uh, supporting us watching the episodes and and it's it's a lot of fun to be able to get on here and talk about these things and and really try to help equip you guys for the works of ministry so Thank you for watching week in and week out, and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.